0: Sports Talk, Talk New, York New York with your, your hosts, hosts, Mark, Mark Rosenman, Rosenman and, and AJ Carter. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ.
1: Joining us now is a man, if you looked up the definition of scrappy ball player, there should be a picture of him right next to it. He was a type of player that instantly became a fan favorite. His uniform was constantly dirty. He was always trying to find ways to get on base. He was the Mets' first round pick in the 1977 Major League Baseball draft, 16th overall, member of the 1986 World Championship Mets. He was a manager in the Mets organization for seven years, shaping the future of many of the current Mets. This no... November he was named the manager of the Long Island Ducks. So it's a return of volleyball to the New York area. It's always great to welcome our friend Wally Backman of Sports Talk New York. Welcome
0: Wally. It's good to be back.
1: <laughs> I love it. And uh, I'm sure all all my friends from Met Fantasy Camp are listening out there and they all know that, you know, we didn't buy season tickets to the Ducks, but we will be going out there a lot. Um, but Before we get to the Ducks, let's talk a little bit. We, we've covered your baseball career, but I, I just want to, you know, cover a little bit. Uh, about your dad, Sam. He spent a few years in in the Pirates system, and he taught you the game. But I know from talking to you in the past that it was both of your parents that instilled the desire to win in you. So what did Sam teach you on the baseball end, and what did your mom, Ida, instill from the competitiveness side of you?
0: Well, I I just think that, you know, I mean, uh, I I came from a pretty strict family, and, uh, you you know, my dad played the game, and Um, fundamentally, the game, you had to be fundamentally right, and um, my dad was, he was hard on me at times, you know, I can remember him putting me up against the backstop and hitting ground balls at me real hard, and there was no way to get out of the way, so, um, you know, it was things like that, that, you know, my mom is a full-blooded Italian, and we know how Italian people can be, and um, she was strict, and she expected the best out of her kids at all times, and you know I give them a lot of credit. My older brother was was one that played the game as well, and, and uh, it was just a a, a deal that uh, perfection was what everybody wanted.
1: So you star in high school, and after batting 548, you're picked 16th overall by the Mets. And it's also thanks to one of those baseball lifers, a guy that a lot of people don't know about or hear about, but Marvin Scott. Uh, Marvin Scott's a guy who played professional baseball both before and after the war and then became a full-time scout for the Mets in 67 after many years of part-time scouting for the Cubs, Cardinals, Tigers, and Mets. What do you think, you know, high school, and this is, we have to realize, this is back in the mid to to late 70s. This is before all the analytics, before tapes. What do you think he saw in you in such an early age that made him convince the Mets to take you in the first round?
0: You know, that's a good question. I think think the way I played the game, uh, with the hardness, the way that I went about playing the game, was probably a big part of it. you know, I always had arm strength. You know, uh, I was a shortstop. I could run. I was never, ever really a power guy. Um, but so if, if you try to grade the tools out like they used to do, I'd have been a four-tool player out of five tools with lacking the power. So uh, <clears throat> Marv was a smart man by drafting me in the first round. So uh, it worked out. It all worked out.
1: It's so funny you mention those. Those are the best. If you go out – and a lot of those old scouting reports show up from the 70s, and it's so cool to read them and, and see what some of those players have become. But, uh, so you head to Little Falls, and you tear it up there as a 17-year-old under manager, Chris Krug, in the New York Penn League. Thirty-three years later, you'd be managing the Mets affiliate, the Brooklyn Cyclones, in the same league. What, if anything, did you bring from Chris and your first experience to, in pro ball to the young players on the Cyclones?
0: Um Nothing. <laughs> so, so, but that but, should answer that question pretty easily.
1: Okay, <laughs> time, so, time to move on. No, 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 all right. So, all right. So, so uh, evidently, Chris nice. was not a good teacher of young players.
0: So, when I, I will say this, I played for good guys. I played for Jack acre in, in Lynchburg. I played for Bob Wellman in Jackson. I played for Frank Birdie in a. and then I also played for Davey in triple I learned things from all those guys. Um. I can go back to my first year in Little Falls and Chris Krug was too interested in taking players money and finding them. Um, <laughs> but all those other individuals, you know, Jack Aker was a pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a good pitcher, you know, we didn't have a hit coach then. So you had to, you had to basically fix yourself. You know, we, we had an infield guy by the name of John Antonelli that also played in the big leagues and Johnny was an old guy, but, um, he would work with you. He would try to do everything to help you. You know, now today, there's so many coaches that can help individuals. Makes it a lot nicer. But uh, all those guys that I played for in the Mets organization, other than my first year, much they have much of my respect.
1: Interesting you mentioned Jack Aker, because Jack Aker ended up here on Long Island, and yeah. actually when we right. first started our travel team was one of our guys that did clinics, and his wife was a winner on Jeopardy. It's yeah. so funny how you know, all baseball yeah. paths seem to cross. Now, you mentioned Frank Verdi, and, and Verde was your manager at Tidewater when you get called up from Tidewater, the majors, in 1980. Now, you're known for having unique ways of telling players that they got called up. Do you remember right. how Frank told you how you were going up?
0: I believe Frank called. There was like five of us. I think there was myself, Mookie Wilson, Huey Brooks, Eddie Lynch. But I thought there was one more, and I can't remember. It might have only been us four. And I believe he called us all in at the same time and said, hey, you guys are going to the big leagues in September call-ups. It was pretty basic.
1: <laughs> so so what gave you the idea to, I mean, every single guy that comes up to the Mets has a Wally Backman story as the way they told that they were getting called up. What gave you the idea to, to break the news other than just coming into the office, you know, get your stuff, you're going to the big club?
0: I think it's really for those first-time players that, get called to the big leagues their first time it's just i'd always think of something to say i can remember in fact he's with me right now uh, here in long island kurt newenhuis i think we were playing in salt lake city the first time he went to the big leagues in i don't know it was 12 or 13 or whatever it was and uh I, i was sitting in the bar having a beer And I called Noonheis out of his room at about one o'clock in the morning after they called me, and I said, "I ran out of money. I need you to come down here and buy me a beer." (laughs) So he come down to the come down to the bar to buy me a beer, and he says, "And I tell him, I told him you're going to big leagues." He says, "Don't mess with me like that. This isn't funny." I said, "I'm not. You need to get your stuff. You need to get to the airport." So we've had some good. There's been some good ones.
1: That's awesome. So you have an amazing 14 year major league career, and some of the guys you played in the majors. Joe Torrey, George Bamberger, Frank Howard, Davy Johnson, Tom Kelly, Jim Leland, Nick Laver, Jim Fergosi, Lou Pinella. That's a pretty good mix right there. Is there any one of those guys in particular that you feel might have planted the seed for you to want to be a manager? Because you definitely, you know, gone into this and, and it's something you've done with a passion. W- was there one of those guys that really ignited that in you?
0: The one guy, yeah, absolutely. Jim Leland was the guy. Um, you know, I was getting late it was getting late in my career and uh I it was ninety. And uh Jimmy told me that he thought I'd be a, I'd be a good manager and I would sit by the bench when I wasn't playing and he would ask me questions, of, what would you do here, what would you do there and he would tell me that I was wrong ninety percent of the time, but I learned from the man. And so but, but <clears throat> Jimmy <clears throat> Jimmy was really the guy that made me think, you know what, I'd like to do this. And uh You know, the other managers that I played for, I mean, you said it. I mean, what they did speaks for themselves. They were all great managers. I played for some great managers. I feel very fortunate that I played when I was 20 years old, when I went to the big leagues, I played for Joe Torre. You know, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. His his case is, you know, closed. He was great. David Johnson gave me my first opportunity to play on a regular basis in New York. Um, You know, played for Lou Piniella at the end of my career. Uh, Jimmy, Fergosi, you know, all those guys, great, great people, great managers. Yeah,
1: so 1993, you're, and it's strange because now 33 years old is not old by baseball standards. You retire from playing. Four years later, you find yourself in the Northeast League as a manager of the Catskill Cougars. So, A, how did that come about?
0: Well, in Catskill, they, they, they called me. They were going to fire their manager. There was only like 20-some games left. And they wanted me to be a player manager, and I said no. So I went there, and I managed a very, very bad team as well as I could, and we were not good. So, But that was really the first time that I managed, and I think it was like 27 games, something like that. But in those 27 games, it really instilled to me that, that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do it.
2: So, while it's A.J. Carter. One of the big differences when you started out as a player and when you ended up managing in the Northeast League is the growth of the independent minor leagues. How different, and and when you were thrown into this, and you were thrown into that as a manager towards the end of the season, what was the biggest thing you saw that say, this is the same as what I've seen in the minor leagues, or this is different? What were the biggest differences that you saw?
0: Well, we're talking about when I was in Catskill. Yeah. In general well, the Let difference just, yeah. the, the difference that I seen in that league was the players were not good players they were not fundamentally sound players a few of the players may have played in, in an organization uh, but not not many of them uh, they didn't really have a career it wasn't it was not a good independent league.
1: You move on from that league and you go to the Western League, um, right. Which is interesting. You survive the Western League despite being bitten on the forehead by a poisonous spider, and then while yep. recovering from that, you get hit with a foul ball in the head. Uh, not the yep. best, best of seasons. But but the thing is, for me, okay, and you know, as a guy who's looking to become a manager, you know, when you're a minor league baseball player, you kind of know what you need to do to make it to the majors. When you're a minor league manager, you know, what, you know, is there something that you need to do to get to the majors? And, and here's the other rub. You, you know, let's say, you know, when, when you moved on to the Chicago yeah. Cubs organization, your job is, is to develop these players, to get them to the big club so the big club can succeed. Now, if the big club succeeds, that means that manager who has the benefit of guys that you're sending up the pipeline— his job is pretty secure if you're doing your job. So it's kind of like a catch-22. How do you reconcile all those things when you your ultimate goal really is to be a major league manager?
0: Well, it's your it's your job. You're supposed to develop your players so they can go to the next level. And and I think the the good managers in, in baseball, if it's a minor leagues, whatever, that's that's what they're trying to do. That's their job. You have to develop them. You cut ca- you you can't. Worry about being in the major leagues. You have to worry about your players on hand, the team that you have. And if you're if you try to get caught up in in, in all of the other stuff, um, it, it's it's not a, it's not a good deal. You know, you it, daily the, the the biggest thing for a manager is being able to motivate your players every day. Um, you know, run a good clubhouse, have good chemistry in your clubhouse. But that's that's really dictated by the manager, and it's to me. The biggest thing in baseball is knowing how to run your bullpen. But the number one answer that you would give uh, an organization if they interviewed you for a major league baseball job to manage, the first word out of out of your mouth should be, "I'm a good motivator."
1: I, I, so I've how, seen that firsthand with him how, because he, I mean he, he he takes guys when they yeah. were fantasy camp. And guys will go through a wall that's for him. Right. And so, every guy you speak to that's played for him says the same thing. So, so
2: Wally, how different is it? How different is what's in your mind, what you're looking to do when you're in it independently? When you're working in a farm system for a major league club, as Mark says, there are some... You know, you're motivating people, also being judged on certain things, and being moved up with under, under the watchfulness of the big club. In an independent league, what are you looking to do? Do you feel you have to show something personally? Who are you trying to impress, and how do you do that when you're managing a team in a league like the Northwest League, the Western League, or even the Atlantic
0: League? I am not trying personally to impress anybody. I'm trying to get these players back to affiliated ball or overseas where they can make a good living for their family. It's a second opportunity for these players. It, as I don't know if you, you know, but I've just signed Kurt and ice Matt Indecker, yeah. John Neath. guys that played for the Mets, that John Neath is healthy. He's going to show. I have the Seattle Mariners actually coming to look at him in two days to see if he's healthy. Um, so it's given the these guys Mets? an opportunity. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Not the Mets? Have you seen Jason no, Morgan's not, pitch not, lately?
0: No. <laughs> no, no, not the Mets. But, I mean, the kid's healthy. I, I, I signed John Neese out of a tryout camp in Florida two weeks ago. Yeah. He faced four hitters through one ball, struck out two, and broke two bats. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, he, if he can stay healthy, I know he's gotten hurt in spring training the last couple of years. Um, and that's why that's why a lot of guys end up coming to this league because it is definitely the best league of all independent leagues. Yeah. And plus we you know, this the Atlantic League just signed a three year deal with with major league baseball. So we're actually in somewhat affiliated with major league baseball because they're gonna use all the data they're putting that track man in so we have all the data, you know, spin rates, exit velocities, all that stuff that they could collect data on. And the reason Major League Baseball wanted to use the Atlantic League is because of the level of players that we have. I mean, if if I had a 25-man roster today and we just started spring training today, 24 of these 25 guys have all played in the big leagues. So the level of play is good. You might want to say it's a 4A level, but it's really not because i got guys that have got six, seven, eight, nine years in the big leagues. They're trying to get back – for one reason or another, if it's because they weren't healthy, uh, then they believe they can still play and I do everything I can to try to get them back.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you mention that because uh, another friend of our show that we know very well, Dave LaPointe, when he used to manage yeah. the Ducks or the Bridgeport, uh, Bridgeport Bluefish, uh, Bluefish Not in the league anymore. Um, he always took pride in being able, every year there was one or two right. guys that he got back to the major leagues. And that was a, a tremendous sense of pride for him.
2: Is that is that frustrating, Wally? I mean, if you do your job right, <laughs> right, your star you know, players y- gone. Y- your star players will be gone by July first. And, and it how killed
0: much- me last year. It killed <laughs> me last year. So, you know, I mean, we were when I was able to sign Josh Toley last year. We went on a run where we won twenty-one and four, and almost won the first half, lost it by a game, and. After that run we made, then the Detroit Tigers took Josh Tolley away from me, so my catching went downhill, so, you know, and, and it's hard, when you get to July, it's really hard to replace players.
1: You know, it's interesting that you're mentioning these players that that you've signed and and you have this eye at Nice and you see that Nice is good. Because I know over the years, whenever I would text you or call you about a specific player, you would, you know, give me some information. And you were always spot on as far as evaluation when these guys got to the majors. You know, to a man, I can't remember anyone that you would said and the, the guy turned out to be different. Have you ever thought, I know how much you love managing but your player evaluation skills are so good. Have you ever thought of maybe going in that road, that direction?
0: No, nah, I like to be on the field too much. <laughs> I could scout. There's no doubt I could do it. But, no, I don't, I don't want to sit in the stands and watch a game. I want to be on the field and manage the game.
1: So b- before we get to the, diamond, the, the uh, Ducks, Ducks, let's talk a little bit about the Diamondbacks. So you move from the White Sox organization. You move to the D-backs organization. You're you, you minor league manager of the year. At the same time, in 2004, the Mets fire Art Howe. Because of the job you did with the Lancaster team, you're mentioned as a, a potential replacement with the Mets. You withdraw your name from consideration because the Diamondbacks decide to interview you knowing everything that happened and went down, would you have done, do you think you would do anything differently now?
0: Yes, I would have went to the interview in St. Louis.
1: In St. Louis. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was supposed to meet with Omar Minaya in St. Louis. Uh, It was right towards the end of the world series. And, uh, the diamondbacks, I actually had, my, my plane actually broke down. And so I had to stay in Arizona one extra night. And, uh, the president of the Diamondbacks was uh, Rich Dozer. picked me up at the airport and they decided if I, they had already told me I had the job and they had told me to go interview with the Nets. But when the plane broke down, they told me when Dozier picked me up, he said, if you decide to go do this interview now after your plane broke down, we're not going to guarantee you the managing job in the big leagues. So. Now I have to come up with a deal and tell Jay Horwitz that Jay, hey, my wife was seriously was having a minor surgery, and I knew the Diamondbacks were going to announce me on a Monday morning. I think it was a Monday morning. And uh, I told Jay I couldn't come. I would have to come to New York on a Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. I, I mean, I had to make it look like I had to wait three days for for the Diamondbacks to make that announcement. And so the biggest mistake I made with everything that went down in Arizona was I should have interviewed for that job for the Mets for 2005.
1: It's so interesting because of what happened with the D And you look at every story that got run, everything was so overblown and not, and a lot of it was inaccurate and cost you that job. Um, any of those issues, you know, as overblown as they were, do you think any of those would have affected your? Ability to manage in the major leagues.
0: Absolutely not, not. Not even. No chance.
1: Crazy. So then because of this, then you find yourself out of the game for three years. Um, and this is coming off of a minor league manager of the year job on top of it. You begin your comeback with the South Georgia Peanuts of the Independent South Coast League, which was documented in a TV series that everyone loved, you know, playing for Peanuts. The Peanuts won their league 59-28 and 28 record. How much... Of that, you know, that one season with the peanuts. How important was that? Getting you back in the minds of people around around baseball.
0: I just, you know, what, Mark? I just, I wanted back on the field, and I didn't care. You know, I started in independent ball before I ever went to affiliated ball, and then all of a sudden, I was, I went from basically, I went from independent ball to affiliated ball to getting a big league manager job back to, to independent baseball and then back to the Mets for the seven years and now back to independent ball. You know, I, I like to be on the field. I like to know that I can be a part to help a player. I mean, players earn what they get. You know, we don't – you have coaches that try to put a label on a player and say, "I this player's this good because of me. And it's just totally false. It's a, it's a coach trying to put a label on a player, so – the player deserves the credit. We're just a piece of the puzzle that gives those guys ideas to work on certain things that we feel that they're, that we feel that their game needs to improve their game to get them to the next level. Um, and that's what I do. You know, I, am here to help players to achieve their goal. And, uh, you know, I want more than anything to, to win another World Series championship. You know, is that going to happen? I don't know. You know, but but for me at this time, at this level that I'm at, I'm here to try to get all 25 guys back to affiliated baseball or overseas where they can make a a really good living. They don't make a good living in this league. We're, we give them a second opportunity.
2: So let's talk about the ducks for one second. Let's, the one question, first question in my mind, when Mark, asked about players and the roster and the season. One of the things. Question: Given especially what's happened with Tom Seaver, how is Buddy Harrelson doing?
0: Well, you know what, I haven't seen Buddy. I've only been back in New York for about a week, so uh, I haven't seen Buddy yet. You know, I know Buddy was doing. He did. He had good days and bad days last year, um, but I was a visiting guy coming in. You know, I'm hoping that that Buddy. I'm sure Buddy will come to the ballpark some this year. How much I don't know. Um, I wish he could sit beside me every day in the in the dugout at home. You know, so. I mean, Buddy and I were clo- very close when I was a player and he was a coach. And, you know, we've kept that relationship over the years. And, you know, Buddy's, Buddy, Buddy's in a tough uh, stage in his life right now. And, and so hopefully with baseball coming back around out here on the island, that, that Buddy will get out there and it'll make you feel better. But, uh, you know, he's, yeah. I, again, I haven't seen Buddy since I've been back. I'm sure I will here shortly.
2: And one of the things that there was a, went to a lot of Dust games years ago is Buddy... As part owner would come up in the suites, right. and he'd be coaching first base, and he'd take time <laughs> off at the fifth or sixth inning, and he'd come up and work the suites, right. and then he'd go back. Well, and the, the only way the I'm going to be able to take
0: the sixth inning off is if I get kicked out of the game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, then we'll see you up in the suites.
0: Yeah. You'll see me in the suites. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, so so it's interesting because you mentioned that your goal is to get the the twenty five guys you know onto an affiliated roster, whether it be overseas or back in the major leagues. So the question is. And, and uh, probably I can answer it myself. You, you probably feel the same sense of satisfaction, maybe not. So, so knowing that when you were in the Mets, you know, farm system, and you moved guys up the ladder like Harvey, Matt, Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler, Flores, Brandon Nimmo, and, and Juan Lagares to just name a few, and, and and you you were part of their progression up to the majors. Now you're looking to get a guy like Matt Dendecker back to the majors, or, or Kurt Newenhayes, or John Neese, you know, with with this tryout next week. Which do you think will give you a greater sense of satisfaction? A guy who you know was in the show, but then has not, and, and wants to earn a living, as opposed to the guy that was ticketed to make the show, but you got him there. Wh- which will serve as a, a more pride for you?
0: I think all, uh, all of it. It doesn't matter. As long as I can move these players, that's what I take pride in. You know, I, I want to be able to move every one of them, Mark. You're not going to be able to do that, but... To see a guy, uh, to be able to move a guy, to give him a separate, second opportunity uh, to go back to the big leagues, if, if that's the case. You know, I mean, you go back, I don't know how many years we got to go back, but it was before I was in this league is when Rich Hill pitched for the Long Island Ducks. Yeah, Ducks. Yeah. So you, you take a guy that's in independent baseball, and he gets to the big leagues with the Dodgers after playing for the Ducks, and he signs a 50-some million-dollar contract. I mean, if I would have been the manager at that time, I don't know if it was Kevin Baez was the manager or if it was Buddy or who it was at that time. I'd look at that, and I'd take a lot of pride and say, you know what, I gave this kid a second opportunity. He deserves the credit as a player, without a doubt. But just to know that this kid, he had got released or whatever it had been. So, I mean, that's close to getting to rock bottom for a player that's been in affiliated baseball before, but to give him another opportunity and to see what happens when you gave him that opportunity, obviously the player had the desire to be that type of player. So, you know, he did want He wasn't a quitter. So, what, what, so do you, what do you
2: make on the roster at the other end of the spectrum? Is Lou Ford. Lou Ford played in the majors. He's now in his 10th season with the Ducks. Player, coach, 42 years old. What do you make of a guy like Lou Ford who keeps coming back year after year after year, 10 years in a league like, like the Atlanta hey, League?
0: He can, he can still hit. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, I he beat me twice with home runs last year, and Lou can still hit. And, you know, not only can he hit, but he's a super individual. Players love him. He's respected. And uh, he's respected as a coach. And, you know what, he's a guy that, uh, for me, being a player coach, I've never been a guy that really liked the idea of a player coach. But from everything that I've seen so far, the clubhouse is going to be absolutely perfect with the players' wise, the chemistry part of it. And you know, I think with a guy like Lou Ford, I mean, he's a big—he's a big reason that that clubhouse will be the way that it's going to be. I think we got great individuals on this team. We got a whole different teams than the Ducks have seen in the past. I mean, we've only kept a few individuals that were actually on the team last year that went and played in the championship. So uh, it's, he led the league in RBIs last year at 41 years old. I mean, that's got to say, say what it is. I mean, uh and he's not playing against rookie ball guys and A ball guys. He's facing guys that pitched in the big leagues and pitched in AAA and, and pitched overseas. So he's, He's facing quality pitchers still, so but you know, there'll be a time. We're gonna. My my goal is to kind of groom Lou Ford into being a manager someday. That's what my goal is right now.
1: How much of that role was something that he was already taking on maybe last year or years past, where now it came official that he's coming back as a player's coach, where he was already you know talking to guys in the cage and, and passing on that kind of advice.
0: Well, I, I think that he's probably always been a leader um, when he was a full time player in affiliated baseball. Um, but Lou is, uh, you know, he lives right here on the Island. You know, I signed a three-year deal to come here to the Island and, and I don't know if I would stay after three years or not, you know, but, but I have told Lou that I want to take Lou and I want to groove him into being a manager. Uh, if it's this league or getting an opportunity to go back to affiliated ball, um, you know, I, 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 really believe that I can teach him what he needs to know. And, uh, all the things that they, they do in affiliated ball, I can tell him everything about it, you know. I mean I know all about the saber metrics. Trust me. I, I knew about saber metrics before the people were even talking about saber metrics because I use that stuff. So they they don't have they can't one up me on that kind of stuff. So uh, you know, this it's advice that I can give Lou because I think Lou does want to get to affiliated baseball and I think he would be a great great hitting coach. And he might be a great manager. I, it, it's, who knows? You know, I mean, Lou's at 42 years old right now. He's right at a good age where he should be an affiliated ball and the affiliated team should really take a look at a guy like this. I don't know that they will or they won't, but, um, with that being said, he would be good for, for me, a major league baseball organization
1: it's unbelievable because the the guys you know that, that go through the independent leagues you always those guys when they make it i mean we can on our, right here locally Timo Perez you know Nelson yeah. Figueroa RA Dickey the guys that persevere and make it back are always such great stories yeah. so while well, like, you know there obviously in the New York area we could go to the Mets we could go to the Yankees Hey, i think
0: the greatest story of the day is Tiger Woods winning yeah.
1: Oh, oh you see, you, you see, made, you now, made now, now, you got Mark. You, you made so. AJ's day. We have to talk golf I mean, later in the show.
0: did anybody ever think he was going to win another major after eleven years without winning a major? And all those and back after surgeries. Having the back surgery. Yeah. That's the biggest story of the year in sports, in my opinion.
1: Wow. Uh, you made – you made. Hey. A, I have to end it hey, on that because you made, you made a
2: – Because yeah. Mark never wants to talk golf. A,
1: a, AJ, he might have something that lasts more than four hours. <laughs> he might have to call a doctor now, Wally. Yeah. Wally, it, it's <laughs> so good having you back on the island. I've uh, my, my phone is already blown up. You know, Bobby, all those guys – Wally's on the island. We've got to go out for dinner, so we will be at Ducks game. Before that, we got to get together. I'm wearing my, my tie-dyed Cyclones jersey from when I went out to see you in Brooklyn. So good to have you back, Wally, and, and we're looking forward to the day when we can have you on this show. And we've been saying it for a long time as a major league manager.
0: I hear you, Mark. It's been great talking to you guys. Come out and see us anytime, and you know I'm available for you.
1: You got it, Wally. Thanks so much. Wally Backman, 1986 world champion, New York Met current manager of the Long Island Ducks.